insurance. We put the all in all sports talk. From the preps to MTSU, we've got you covered. It's all sports talk on Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to All Sports Talk, a Friday edition. We're going to be joined today by Larry Woody, longtime sports writer, author, and columnist. You can read his outdoors columns in the Murfreesboro Post, and I believe we caught him on the lake today. Larry, what's up? Monty, it's out on pressure proof. My buddy Sherborn and I are trying to catch a fish, and if you hear any girls squealing in the background and uh, and and party and the rap music playing, that's a party boat that's anchored near us. It's not uh, it's not coming from mine and Sherborn's boat. Well, I figured you'd be over at that boat then. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. Now I talked to you the other day. You were out on the lake, and you said that you weren't catching anything. Now it's perked up today. We've had our best day of the year today on Priest catching some some big bluegill. Big bluegill. All right. Well, it's been a minute since we had you on. Um, hey, I know they had a celebration for um, Jimmy Davey, longtime writer at the Tennessee, and I know you knew well. Uh, just tell us a little bit about Jimmy. He was a good guy. Yeah, Jimmy died about a year and a half ago, Monty, uh, and amid the COVID, so there was only a couple of us were, were allowed to go to his funeral, so his family had a had a memorial service for him yesterday at Livcombe, his alma mater, and his son, his late son Joey, has also got a scholarship at Livcombe in his favor. So, uh, in his name, and so it was a, it was sad, but uh, sad but fun. Like uh, Jimmy would have enjoyed it. I, uh, I and a couple other people told some old Jimmy Davies stories. So it was, it was uh, a, a, a good afternoon. Like I say, somber but uh, but fun. He's a he was a special person. I met Jimmy in uh, 1966 when I went to work at the Tennessee Sports Department. And uh, his nickname was Suge Davy, J- Jimmy Suge Davy. We we traveled a lot of miles together over the next 40 years and uh, worked together up at Springfield. Jimmy was also the editor of the Springfield uh, Robertson County paper, and he talked me into going up one one morning a week, Monday mornings, and putting out the sports section uh, with him. And funny story, Jimmy and I were sitting at the, we, we, every Monday we'd eat uh, lunch at a little uh, country diner called the Piggy Pit, kind of a rough type as part of town barbecue joint, but it specialized in a meat and three on uh, lunch and specials. And Jimmy would always say he wasn't sure what the meat was. And one day we're sitting in the Piggy Pit having lunch, and Davey gazes out the window and looks around. And he says, "You know, Woodman, did you ever wonder why there's no dogs in this neighborhood?" <laughs> so it was it was fun traveling with, with Jimmy Davey. It was a it was an adventure. Now, wasn't he was he a UT beat writer? No, no, Jimmy was on, on Vanderbilt. Uh, he Man, he, he right. covered prep for years, then Vanderbilt. And then uh, when Jimmy became deputy sports editor, I was promoted or demoted to the Vanderbilt beat, depending on which day, which, which version. But, no, he, he was a Vanderbilt beat writer for a lot of years, Monty. And another, another funny story, of course, Vanderbilt was a tough, tough assignment. The, the mood was always gloomy, and the fans were always mad and upset at the media. The negative media won't give Vanderbilt any credit. And Davey had to listen to it for years and years. And when I took over the beat, I had to listen to it, too. And one Saturday, I'm out at Vanderbilt to cover cover the game that afternoon. And I'm, I'm walking up through the stands to the press box, and some sweet little old lady decked out in black and gold stands up by the aisle and says, Excuse me, are you Larry Woody? And I said, Yes, ma'am. She poked her finger in my chest and said, "You're as bad as Jimmy Davey." <laughs> so uh, you knew you'd arrived then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I went back to the paper that night. I told Davey that he's still fondly remembered by the Vanderbilt fans. But no, it was a lot of fun. I never do. Uh, Jimmy and I traveled a, a lot of miles together all around the, the, not just the south and southeast, but all over the country, and uh, it, it, it it was it was fun. All right. Um... 
Did did he have a daughter that went to UT? They did. Had had two daughters. You know, Kim and Emily both both went to UT, and uh, has a son who operates a, a charter boat, uh, a fishing charter boat business down in Florida. And his his another son, Joey, died of uh, of brain cancer when he was a freshman at Lipscomb University. Really, really tough, obviously tough thing to go through to lose a lose a child. But yeah, he he did have have two daughters at UT, and they had to put up with a lot of grief, I'm sure, <clears throat> since their daddy was a Vanderbilt beat rider. Yeah, yeah. I believe Emily was a cheerleader when I was up there. She was pretty, I know. She was yes, very nice. Yes, her her husband John Norwood is a longtime trainer for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, he couldn't make the memorial service yesterday because the Steelers had started some kind of a spring camp, and then Norwood had to be there. So he he started out at Vanderbilt as a team trainer, athletic trainer, and uh, I think I believe Emily said he's been with Pittsburgh for about thirty five, uh, thirty years now. He. He came. He joined Pittsburgh when Chuck Noll was a coach. That's that's how far back he goes. But no, great, great family. Great, really, you know, great kids. Just a, a great family. They had a, had a good mama and daddy to to work with. Well, that's that's good. They were able to do something for him yesterday. Then yeah, it was. It was a like I say, it was enjoyable, but uh, you know, kind of, kind of somber too. As we we, we uh, almost every day something will happen, something funny or goofy or silly, and I'll think about about David. Well, uh, speaking of the NFL, um, uh, it didn't take long for the Titans to make a big splash in the draft. You know, there'd been rumors about AJ Brown getting traded, and I think, and you know, and um, uh, Coach Vrabel, you know, kind of scoffed at him, said that's not going to happen. Well, they never really could reach a. It sounded like they were far apart on the money too, and so boom, the Titans make a trade, trade up, and take the kid from Arkansas who. Uh, it was an outstanding player, but boy, big shoes to fill for a rookie. Yeah, that, that, that was probably the still well, one of the stunners of the draft to to, to, to lose uh, lose uh, uh, a receiver like that. And of course, he had been down. You know, had kind of an off season last year, injuries and that kind of thing was slowed a little. But he was still an awfully good receiver. I, I was surprised, Monty, that they that they let him go. Well, you know, you get caught into that. Um, um, numbers game and money and you know I, I know they don't want to underpay he don't want to get they don't want to overpay he he don't he doesn't want to get underpaid and uh, sometimes that happens in the business yeah and again I, I'm not smart enough to understand the salary cap I didn't understand it when it was when it was started and I, I don't understand it today about shuffling money around and deferred payments and that kind of stuff I, I don't understand it but I, I uh, I guess the, the more I, more I, 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 I follow the NFL, the less I understand. It's kind of like NASCAR. <laughs> where I can barely understand what's going on the track at NASCAR anymore. It used, used to be fairly simple, Monty. Cars got on the track and ran in circles, and the first one to the finish line won. And it's not quite that simple anymore. And same way with the NFL. I just uh, I have no idea how the salary cap works and how they can shuffle money around and defer payments and, and that kind of stuff. And no idea. But I do know when they lose a good, when they let let good players go, and I think they let let a good one go. Uh, this was a big draft for the Titans, Marty. I, I think because they've made some they've made some stumbles and 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 bobbles. I think in a mistake when in early round, first round, second round picks that hadn't worked out. And this is a this is a draft that they needed to that they needed to to to, to bring some talent in. 
and we'll see. You never know how it's going to turn out. I, I, you know, on paper they look good. But as Boots Donnelly used to say, they look good getting off the bus. So, so we'll we'll see what they how they look once they get suited up and out on the field. I think Coach Earl called it the All Airport Team. That's right. All Airport Team. They look good walking through the airport. Well, you know, last year they went de- heavy defense. This year they went heavy offense, taking the offensive tackle from Ohio State. They took a, another quarterback. They took a running back. They took a tight end. They took a receiver. Uh, so, and their defense coming back. We got in the second round. They did take the defensive back from um, Auburn. So, um, you know, all in all, like you said, you never know how their draft is going to shine. I will say this. Their first-round picks have not been very good. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, there's some exceptions there. uh, But it's been more their third and fourth-round picks that have panned out. No, that's what I meant, Monty. The first first and second-round drafts in recent years, a lot of them have been complete busts. And uh, so that's why they needed to to try to – Try to do better this time. Obviously, they're, they're they're doing their best because their jobs are on the line. Unlike mine, who can sit back in my easy chair and second guess, they're obviously doing their best to evaluate the, 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 what's out there and what's available, and the, the salary caps and that kind of stuff. So they're doing their best, but in the last maybe two, three, four years, their best hasn't hasn't uh, been good enough. hasn't worked out. I did think that it's interesting, money that they that they uh, took a quarterback, to the the kid from from Liberty, uh, fairly early. I, Tanny Hill, I think, has got a few more years on his contract, but he's making pretty big money, so we're getting into that salary cap issue again, whatever it is. So uh, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting choice. I guess you can have too many quarterbacks, but the, the kid from Liberty is kind of, kind of unknown, well, really unknown. But, you know, Liberty has been as, as a school, as a football program, as, as you know, has flown under the radar for a lot of years. That, that's a pretty good football program. So you wonder, this, this kid might be the sleeper of the draft here. Uh, get get somebody from kind of an unknown university and, uh, and see how he pans out. But I, I think the, 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 the point of the story is I, I think the writing might be on the wall for Tannehill. Yeah, I do too. He'd have, I think he'd have to have a, a heck of a year this year if he's going to be back. And, and a lot of the fans were down on him, Marty, after the Titans made the got in the playoffs and had to, had to, had the road paved to the Super Bowl right through, through Nashville and then, then – and flopped the first right out of the box home field, get upset. And a lot of a lot of fans blame Tannehill. I, I, he didn't have a good game, but it, it, that, Tannehill didn't lose that game by himself. There were there were about 20, 21 other players that were responsible for that uh, for that loss. So, but but we know money. The quarterback when things are going well and winning, the, the quarterback gets more credit than he deserves. When things are not going well and they're losing, the quarterback gets more more blame than he deserves. But uh, but Tannehill, he was he, he was erratic. I thought overall he's, he's a good quarterback, but man, he can be erratic. And when when the wheels come off, they really come off. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I do think that was kind of a kind of a, a, a nudge to, to Tannehill that uh, you know, his days might be nothing. You know, um, it's interesting, and you you know we've seen this said before by other, particularly at quarterback, the quarterback position. He was they were asking him about Malik Lewis, the quarterback from. Um, Liberty, and you know, if he, if he would be tutoring him and whatnot, and he goes, uh, "That's not my job. My job's to play quarterback and win football games." Uh, they I, got- I think Kenny Hill handles it well, you know, and he, and he understands. He's he's a big boy. He's been around the block times. He, he knows what 
the pressure that that surrounds being an NFL quarterback or starting NFL quarterback, and he knows how fan how fickle fans are and how how fickle the media is too. You know, we'll, we'll praise him one day and we'll want to run him out of town the next. So, so Ryan, he, he knows the score. He he knows how to handle you know adversity like that. And uh, and again, I, I think he's a good quarterback. He, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He just had a he had a, a bad brief playoff uh, run last season. Yeah, and you know. And and I don't look at that as that comment as being um, not a good teammate because he's right. They have a player, they have a director of player development, they have a quarterback coach, they got an offensive coordinator. So it's not his job to um, coach him up, so to speak. So I, I didn't have a problem with it. No, he he, take, he takes whatever the coaches give. Uh, that's you know that's his job. He does. I'm sure he didn't have a voice in the in the draft, and uh, you know it's. it's He's just a chess player, and he waits till the till the coaches and all all the front office people put the put the pieces on the chessboard and leave it up to him to to make the move. So no, he Tannehill doesn't have anything to do with the success or lack thereof of the draft. Now now he may he might say, you know he might have some input, although obviously the coaches don't need player input. They know what the score is going into the draft, but. Uh, but you're right. The, you know, the players don't really have any any voice in the, in, in those draft in the draft picks. Uh, Larry, any truth to the rumor that you bet a thousand dollars on a rich strike in the Kentucky Derby? Uh, actually, money I bet ten thousand on him, and that's why Sherbert and I are fish, fishing on a big yacht out on Percy Priest today. Okay, there you that, go. Well, that might be, I, I covered the Derby for twenty-five years, Monty. I think that might be the most amazing Derby, maybe in history. That it, it, you know, in my lifetime, anyway. What, what was it? An 80, 80 to one long shot. Yeah, eighty to one. And that, well, it was the biggest. I guess upset since 1913. So, what I liked after after he came from behind, came from nowhere and won the Derby. As he's being led off for the celebration, he keeps trying to bite the the pony that's leading him off. Yeah, off, off, off to the to the victory circle. He he he, he, didn't, a, he didn't want that little horse. He didn't want that other horse to get any airtime. <laughs> I kept nipping at him, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe that's what they, I, I get, they always said. I didn't know anything about horse racing, but when I covered the Derby for all those years and talked to people who did, they said you, a horse needs that fire in him. You know, a gentle horse that gives pony rides at the fair is not going to win the Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby. You need somebody with a little 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 fire in your belly, <laughs> and, and that horse had had plenty. He wins the Kentucky Derby and then tries to start a fight after it's over. That, that's my kind of horse. No doubt about it. I was going to bring something up. Um, I don't know if you remember me. I know you covered some UT games. I know you were primarily the Vandy beat writer, but um, former um, UT ball uh, track and football star Jeff Powell, who lives in Nashville, played um, played on the team that beat Miami in the Sugar Bowl. Do you remember him? I just know the name. I, I don't I, – I... As far as I know, I, and I covered some games back when he played, but that's all I know, Monty. I, I just don't know the name. I, 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 to my to my knowledge, I don't think I ever talked to him and interviewed him. He was just a name on the, you know, on, on, on in the lineup. Yeah, he had a big run in that game, and I I could see, I could tell he was a track star because he he just left everybody. And Miami had pretty good speed back in the day too, but. I, I remember that game. I, I believe my, my buddy Doug Matthews was an assistant coach, and uh, and Miami tackled a, a UT player out of bounds, and and Matthews was shown on national TV chewing the chewing the other player out. 
for, for some reason that stands out. <laughs> I don't remember the score, but I can remember the game and remember Coach Matthews on, on, on the sidelines. <laughs> um, the reason I brought that up, we got a young man here in Murfreesboro goes to Rockville High School. He's a junior, Jacoby Tharp. He um he broke Jeff Jeff Powell had the one hundred and ten meters state record for forty years, and this young man at Rockville uh, broke it at the grade eight track meet in uh, Nashville last week. So thought I'd throw that out there to you. That's that's how it is. This is spring sports time for for. Uh... For, for for the prep people, isn't it? Uh, I, I know you and, and my buddy Tommy Bryan over at the Wilson Post. The, the the busy time of year for for the for prep riders. It sure is. Um, we got this week with the um, region tournaments and the section on the next week. The week after next is spring fling. So about to wrap it up. Now, when I think of spring fling, I always think of Coach Dean Hayes because that was, you know, he he kind of told. Um, gosh, who was the old TWSAA Ronnie, uh, TWSAA guy, Carter, Ronnie, Ronnie Carter. Carter. Yeah, uh, that was kind of their their little deal they put together because Dean Hayes had seen it in Illinois. So just another way Dean Hayes uh, kind of contributed and made an impact. It made made a lot of impact, a lot of influence, and and also Monty, as a segue, there's going to be a, a memorial service for Dean uh, at the MTSU somewhere on, on around the athletic complex, maybe at the Dean Hayes uh, uh, field, track it field is. Yeah. later this month, and I don't know exactly when. Uh, your listeners could could Google it up, check it out on the MTSU uh, athletic department website, but there will be a Dean Hayes memorial service later in the month, toward the end of the month. Yeah, you can go to GoBlueRaiders.com on that, and uh, right. I believe that is June 6th. Now, he was a, he was a special person. He was, we, I, I, I got to know him pretty well when he started joining our, our, our little lunch group that we'd, we'd gather every couple of weeks. And always before, when I'd be around in sports, he was so focused and so intense. and uh, Not aloof, but he was just intense. And so I'd never really had a conversation with him until he started joining our lunch group and sitting around eating gumbo and hamburgers and talking. What a what a great guy Dean Hayes was. He had a great sense of humor. It was a dry dry sense of humor. He'd say something funny and it would be a couple of minutes before it sank in and you realized how funny it was. But uh, non Dean was a he was he was a good man, a great obviously a great coach and and, and just as great a person. Well said. All right, before we get out of here, uh, what's the big storylines right now in NASCAR? Well, off to Kansas this week, I think the storyline might be uh, some of the, the big-name drivers who are struggling right now. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick had one in two years. Uh, Brad Keselowski left the championship team to, to, to go with uh, Roush Fenway Racing, and so far it's been an absolute nightmare, and there's a chance Keselowski may not even make the playoffs. I, I think the big news, Monty, is not who's winning this year, but who's not winning. You've got a lot of young guns coming up, and they're kind of hogging the spotlight, and some of the some of the, some of the old veterans are, are getting a little testy about it. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting uh, storyline to watch in, in, the, in the coming week. Can the, can, the, can, the, can the old guys get back in the game? All right, Larry, good to catch up with you. Good luck on the lake today. <laughs>